Welcome back to the Epic Podcast. Thanks for joining us again today. Appreciate you being here as always. And our guest today, you know her, Judy Harris. She is the nutrition consultant for the Epic program here at the Utah Department of Health. And Judy, we promised a couple of weeks ago that we'd revisit the topic of breastfeeding because August is breastfeeding month, right? Right. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. And we kind of mentioned this before, but each week in the month has a separate focus. Last week was Native Breastfeeding Week. That was last week, last right? Week, okay. Yeah, we just finished up and we're yeah. moving into our third week, which is Spotlight on Infant and Young Child Feeding in Emergencies. Wow. So, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of those emergencies with earthquakes and with COVID. So these are really very applicable resources and information for us. Right. And this isn't just near and dear to your heart because you work with nutrition for the Department of Health. You're actually a lactation consultant and you're going to have to explain what this is, but the IBCLC, what's that? Sure. Well, I try to use it as an analogy. If you are in the hospital and you want to speak with a nurse, you want to speak with an RN. You want to know that it's not a CA or someone there. I'm a registered dietitian. That's the place to go for nutrition. And as a lactation consultant, you look for IBCLC, which is International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. But it means that, you know, we've taken several years to get to it. And it means the person that you're speaking to is qualified. Right. It's important to look for those credentials, right? Right. Not to get too much off a tangent, but there are training courses that are three days, four days a week long, and they provide a certificate that says you're a certified lactation consultant. So um, that's not an IBCLC. So you got to know the difference. <laughs> so look for those letters. Okay. Yeah. So another thing that I really wanted to talk about today, there's been some new information released this month that kind of tell us how we're doing with breastfeeding as a country and in the state of Utah, right? I know we've had a CDC report card come out uh, just within the last day or two. Is that right? Yeah. So our CDC breastfeeding report card gives us an annual snapshot on how we've done in the past. And so it looks at the data that we collect to see how we're doing in different areas. It's so important that we follow evidence-based practices in hospitals and that we have support like IBCLCs in the state that help moms and families get started. We know that the early days are so crucial and are a determinant if women exclusively breastfeed and for how long, we call it duration. So if we have these evidence-based practices that are in place in our support groups like our hospitals, we find that women, and in Utah, we have close to 90% of women start out breastfeeding but they don't do as well exclusively. They start formula, like 20% of women in Utah start formula within the first couple of days. So that just starts them off on the wrong foot because that means they're getting bottles and the babies are getting used to that. Their gut changes, the amount that's in their tummy, whether they tolerate it or not. It doesn't allow that colostrum to really line that gut and prepare baby's digestion. And those are really crucial things that babies really shouldn't have those large proteins in there. They should have the breast milk and the colostrum initially. So all of these things kind of domino. So we're doing okay. I mean, I remember back 20 years ago when we were the lead in the nation and sadly we're not doing as well as we used to do. So our grades been slipping a little bit. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And especially with our exclusivity and our duration. So we have a good initiation which means that women want to breastfeed, families are choosing to breastfeed, they're starting to put baby to breast right in, in the hospital or after birth, but we're not supporting them. This is where women feel like they're not 
succeeding in their goals and in their objective as a woman, as a mother, nurturing and nourishing her baby, and then to not feel competent, you know, this really falls on our community support and what practices we're doing. We're doing a great job with getting a healthy mom and baby outdoor at the hospital, and we're doing great things. We have great medical care, right? We have great physicians and nurses mm-hmm. and dietitians and lactation consultants, but ultimately, we're not doing things well enough. So I'm sure that we could say every case is a little bit different. Every woman's situation is different. Every mom is dealing with different challenges. But in your experience or the data that you're seeing, the place that could perhaps be most impactful as far as making changes go is in supporting mom? Correct. Right. So supporting looks different in different ways. Like supporting mom in the hospital goes to the the new MPINC report that we got out. And that's basically a maternity infant nutrition care report. So it talks about how we're doing things hospital. You know, what kind of care are we doing immediately in postpartum care? When's that baby's birth? Are they rooming in? Are are babies really allowed to be not taken from their mothers? All those routine newborn exam procedures, all that occurs right on the mom's belly or in the room. Are they following those protocols on different feeding practices, education in the hospital and out once they're discharged? What type of management are we seeing? So that's one aspect that's very, very comprehensive. In Utah, we have our Utah Department of Health program called Stepping Up for Utah Babies, and that's a great program that really follows these 10 steps, which is a baby-friendly 10-step, and it addresses these things that I had mentioned that are recorded and reported upon with this survey from hospitals, and it addresses all of these 10 evidence-based practices that the World Health Organization has really promoted for several decades now. So we're doing well. We have the University of Utah as our baby-friendly hospital. We have lots of hospitals. I think we have like maybe 24 or 25 now that are on board with stepping up. So we're about a little over halfway with getting hospitals to recognize that we have this program that will help walk you through how to create policies and how to do it easily. We know what's happening here in Utah, and we know how to help hospitals get to that place a little faster. So that's a huge place. And then support looks like our community. Are we supporting moms in the workplace? That's another huge place. If we can't have, you know, if moms are in childcare, and this is what we promote with our Top Star program, where we help nutrition and breastfeeding practices. If mom's dropping off their child to, to childcare, we want them to feel comfortable to breastfeed right before they leave, because it's going to take a while to get from home to childcare and all of that. If she could relax in the morning and have a breastfeed before she leaves for those few minutes. It's going to calm her. It's going to change her hormones. It's going to nourish the baby, feed the baby. The baby's going to be content. And then she can go to work. And hopefully at work, she has a workplace that allows her with the time and the private space to do so. And that's in the federal law since 2010. So we're also helping workplaces. So call us here at the Department of Health. We have a great support here. We actually just had a grant. We quickly threw together... COVID. I don't know how we did it with our team in in a few weeks. And we received $25,000 and we awarded about 18 different facilities. And I think seven of them were childcare facilities. So we're giving them funds to actually create that private space or to have a really nice recliner or a table and make it inviting for them. And then of course, we want the policy to be in place. So there's proven, shown commitment there with the policy. So support looks like a lot of different things. The community, you know, when we're in the community, do we support a mom? You know, I was in the airport. This is a long time ago. I still remember it. And this woman had her bags and she was traveling by herself and she had a baby and a toddler with her. 
and I noticed she was breastfeeding and she looked at me like horrified, like I found her out. And I put this big smile on my face and I dropped my bags, went over and I said, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. I mean, it gives me goosebumps just me thinking about it now because she thought I was giving her a scorn look because I caught her breastfeeding and she was doing the best thing, right? Right. So that support can come in a lot of different ways. You've already mentioned several of them, work, the hospital, daycare, but probably the most critical support is going to be at home. Absolutely too, right. We, we want families to be informed and educated. And I've discussed with you know people about and colleagues like, do we really know the benefits? And I think a lot of the surveys say families know the benefits, but I think there's some of us who also say, do they really know the benefits? Like I was mentioning about the importance and significance of the classroom and the baby not getting those proteins and all of these things that are so important that mom and dad really need to be educated, in my opinion, to really be informed. And, and, you know, you don't need to pull out a bunch of books and go to the library. You just, you know, that we have resources that go over the highlights. We've done the work for you. But to understand that there's a difference in how this baby's going to grow because they're growing cells and they're growing their immune system and they're growing their brain, you know, the first year or two of life. And World Health Organization recommends a minimum of two years because of that. And we're not even getting through the first six months with exclusive breastfeeding. So we know that the more breastfeeding the baby gets and the longer they breastfeed gives a better health outcome from things like diabetes and childhood obesity, which is a huge factor. And that's why we're funded by the CDC, but also in their brain development. We know babies have higher IQs when they're breastfed. I mean, that's just amazing. And then of course we have cancers on both baby and mom's side. I mean, it makes sense, right? We're growing the baby with human milk. So first I think support in the home is to really understand that this is a big deal and it goes beyond just, okay, well, casually say, well, I can just use formula like it's an equivalent or, well, it's not as good, but it's still okay. And I want to challenge. I want dads to also support that. And we see sometimes dads don't know what to do. So if the dads or the partner or whomever just her support is, you know, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's, it's a friend, whomever it is to get them to support you. So when the mom is breastfeeding, support person might hear her have doubt or concerns. And that support person can come in and say, oh, but don't you remember this? Or, hey, I remember this. Or let's call Judy or let's call a lactation consultant and then get that support and realize she is doing well. And if she knows the checklist of what that looks like, that I'm doing well, my baby's gaining weight properly, she's peeing and pooping, and I'm feeding the right number of times and the latch is good. That's your checklist to really know. So that's huge for that support at home. So we don't run and grab a bottle. And that's where the marketing comes in, Dave. You know, we've talked about this. There's marketing everywhere. We think, we think fast food is everywhere. Look at the formula that's just thrown in our faces all over the place. Right. I think that a good way to think about this, I, there are, I suspect this is part of the problem, is that I think we all innately know that breastfeeding is going to be better for the baby than formula would be. I think just naturally you just know that, but where the breakdown may be, is just how much better breastfeeding is than formula, right? It's not a little difference. It's a massive difference. It's not the same, you know, guys is you go to the auto parts store and (laughs) it's not a difference between one brand of oil versus the other brand of oil that are the same weights for your oil change. It's not that. This makes a difference throughout the baby's entire life. It's a huge difference. It's not just a small minor thing. 
Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's a that's really that's you, you named it right there. I think what happens is life settles in, and breast breastfeeding gets put on the back burner, and then it ends up fizzling out. So. The reality of it is, is that just a little bit of preparation, I think it goes a long, long way. And then we don't feel so overwhelmed when life hits us because I think we can compartmentalize and separate breastfeeding out because it's going to be dropped if there's not that commitment. But we know that life happens. And so we have so much to deal with and so much of that reality if you've other kids and with work and there's so many things going on it's a whole new experience with another human being but if we have you know some information and some foundation skills and tools and knowledge it goes beautifully and honestly i was talking to a girlfriend a couple of days ago about this because i said you know i think people think that it's too much time to do it and she's like oh my gosh no it's, it's so much less time you don't have to make bottles you don't have to clean bottles you don't have a fussy baby you don't have a sick baby and she went down the whole list and i said i know i know i know and that's where that education comes in and knowing what to do and i think that's just a big key and there's so many other benefits it's great for the mom and baby emotionally it mm-hmm. saves you money it's good for the environment you can go down a massive list of advantages versus formula well, I know. So we have to support moms and dads and partners and all the support people. And I think if we all, you know, it takes a village, Dave. You know, we talk about that with so many yeah. things. Did we do that with sports? Did we carpool? So why aren't we doing some of these things as a community? We do have a Leche League out there. I'm sure there's lots of support with your faith-based organizations. But everywhere, I think everyone, and that's where this whole World Breastfeeding Week thing comes in. We try to to reach all populations. Next week is Black Breastfeeding Week. So we want to make sure that we're reaching all of our Black moms and families and our Native families. We address cultural differences in each of our communities. We want to support each other. And look, if you're a faith-based organization, do you really make that set up nicely so moms do have a place conveniently to nurse? Women should not be put in a closet to nurse. They should be able to nurse anywhere. And you can do that with all different levels. you know, blanket over you or you know, whatever, but we have a lot of places that are pods or private places, but those are for expressing milk and that's a different situation. So we want to welcome one. And you know what, how empowering it is for one woman to see another woman doing it. You know, you think about that in your life and you see someone else do something, you talk about cars and oil changes, you watch someone else do an oil change when you're a kid and you're like, oh, I can do this, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to make it relatable to, to, to men or to someone, but you know, but that's what we need. We need that support so that we don't feel like we're struggling alone on our own. Yeah, my wife still talks about when she was breastfeeding our girls, how nice it was, just the little things that I did made a difference. She didn't have to get up and go get the baby. I did that. And they seem like inconsequential things, but they make a difference. All of this makes a difference. And if nothing else, just to know that emotionally they have your support. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I think, um, and I often talk about women and empowering women and, you know, that feminist, if you will, side, but, you know, women should be empowered to be that full being that they are of a nurturing mother, you know, the biological um, aspect of her where she carries the baby's baby and nurtures the baby those nine months and fourth trimester is the breastfeeding. And if she doesn't complete that cycle and, and pregnancy is, Uh, I I kind of use my finger as a circle and say, you know, pregnancy is that three out of four. And the fourth part is the completion, the lactation cycle of feeding the baby outside the body 
because the baby is still immature at birth and very vulnerable. And we don't understand that. We think of the baby's born and, you know, we take the baby around all the place and we don't think about those issues. And so we don't have this comparison or this stick to meter it to say, in the general public, we don't think about this as much about really, like you said, how much difference it is, how much greater are we seeing obesity and diabetes. These are some of the things that we can combat these diseases that are affecting children earlier and earlier and then adults. So, And we could talk about this for a long time and we have before, but <laughs> I know we have. <laughs> But I would love to refer people to the EPIC website, which is choosehealth.utah.gov. And we have a whole section in there on breastfeeding, as well as information on stepping up for Utah babies and Top Star, other things that come into play with all this. I encourage everybody to go check that out. In fact, I'll put uh, the direct link to the breastfeeding page into the show notes so you can find that easily. And then if you need more information, there are places that point you to, to additional information on our website. So This is such an important thing. And Judy, thanks for joining me and helping us understand a little bit better and talking about the report card. We've got a week or so left of breastfeeding month. I hope that we can continue to get this information out there and help people understand and realize just how important it is. Yes. My heart goes out to all women, you know, get the support you need, you know, request it. If you're not happy with something, bring it up in a professional manner and make a change and contact us so we can help you. Our local health departments are also available to help with workplaces and at our state office, we work with hospitals. So you have resources out there. If you're pregnant and expecting a baby, look for that stepping up for Utah baby, get the information. We want you to be prepared and successful in your goals. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Judy. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks, Dave. Join us again next week for another edition of the Epic Podcast. Have a great day. 